0: Hello and welcome to Think Business Futures. I'm your host, Toby Hemmings. Coming to you from the studios of 2SER in Sydney, on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and right around Australia on the Community Radio Network, each week we take a closer look at the business issues making the news. This program is made possible with the assistance of the UTS Business School. To lead or not to lead. That is the badly paraphrased question this week. Trendsetters and thought leaders proliferate across every aspect of our lives, from our workplaces to our social circles. But what makes a leader? Does leadership just come down to how many people follow you on LinkedIn? Or is there something more intangible than that? Does the cream always rise to the top? Put on your black turtleneck and let's meet our panel.
1: Dan Kaprar, associate professor at the University of Sydney Business School, where I teach uh, leadership, leadership practice and development in the MBA program. And uh, I also do research in general on leadership, culture and
2: identity. It's a pleasure to be here. And my name is David Goldbaum. I'm associate professor in the economics department at UTS. I do research on social networks and influence Dan, a really
0: open-ended question that's going to be fairly broad. When people talk about leadership in a lot of these spaces, it's a fairly open-ended question. What do you think uh, people really mean in a business sense when we're talking about leadership?
1: Well, that is an open-ended question, but a good question in the sense that we do need to, to revisit a little bit how we think about leadership. That's something I'm trying to get a lot of people to understand. We we have the traditional model, especially in business, where the leader is at the top of the organization, has responsibility, has authority. However, I like to think of leadership as more than that. The differences I would bring in, and I like people to think, and some people started seeing that, is that leadership is not necessarily just at the top. It can be anywhere in the organization if you take a mindset or a sense of leadership, which is not necessarily required in terms of having a positional power, that's true leadership to me.
0: Uh, David, I might bring you in here. In terms of your work looking at social networks, what do you think is the importance of having a leader in these different social frameworks and social groupings that we have?
2: So there are leaders in, in a variety of settings. And of course, the business setting is one where a leader has, uh, holds a position of authority and decision-making, and thus, you know, by the very nature of the position they hold, they, uh, they, uh, they have influence and they drive actions and decisions. But the question of, that I was investigating was how necessarily one becomes influential outside of the structures of influence. How does somebody become influential in fashion or in shaping people's preferences over food or wine or whatever? And so in areas where rather than having a set structure, there's more of a, a, a social cohesion along the lines of, of agreement. The way I think of it is that we tend to look at uh, the consumers or, or the broad public. There are a lot of areas where we have doubts about, you know, we want to make a decision about what wine to buy or what clothes to wear. And there's a sense that, you know, we want to have some sort of framework for making that decision. And we turn to experts to guide us in those decisions, right? We might if I care a lot about fashion, then I might pay attention to fashion magazines. We tend to look for experts to help guide us in these kinds of decisions, where it's possible that there's no right or wrong answers. And so then it becomes the leader who actually sets the taste, not based upon any sort of fundamental criteria but based on their own preferences
0: based on your recent work on the origins of influence what are the factors then that go into it if it's not somebody potentially saying well i've got a higher critical function in say wine or, or whatever area they're being a leader in is it just is it just luck that certain people emerge as modeling the behavior leading the way here yes
2: it is luck at least that's the nature, that's the implication of the, of my recent research. Just to describe the research, I set up a, a scenario where all the simulated agents or actors or the people are all identical to start with, but everybody wants to be influential, but also everybody wants to, to do what's popular. And so they're driven by a preference for doing what's popular, and ideally, they would do it early rather than late, so they could be seen as being ahead of the trend rather than behind the trend. And those simple drivers actually create a social structure where somebody serves the, ro- the public role of being the leader, right? So they establish what the trend is going to be, and everybody benefits from somebody doing that. So there's a benefit to having agreement within the population, and you just need somebody to do that. The people's own desires... Put somebody into that position. Doesn't have to be any particular person. Just has to be someone.
0: So socially, we're just looking for somebody to step out in front to to be the first person to make the move. Then and then the rest of us are just sheep.
2: Yes, <laughs> not so not so much just sheep. But it's not that we're following for the sake of following. When we're choosing fashion, what to wear, you know, there's a sense that. You want somebody to appreciate what it is you're wearing, right? And so there has to be a framework with which to have a conversation about what's the appropriate dress to wear in particular settings. How do you come to an agreement of what that is? Well, somebody who's influential does that.
0: In a sense, then, it's saying that influence is led in these certain ways, but that it's also just by somebody just striking out and saying... This is what we're doing now.
2: Along the lines, I mean, the model is just a representation. And and so I start off with everybody being the same. But, you know, in the real world, of course, people who end up being influential probably are different uh, and have ambitions and maybe even have better abilities. We tend to think of leaders of having maybe participated in a tournament. A bunch of people would like to be seen as the preeminent wine critic or the preeminent fashion critic. But there are a lot of people who have that ambition and they all have skills. I think in economics in particular, we tend to think of the person who comes out at the end, at the top, as having some particular skills that made them stand out from the other people who participated in that tournament. What my model suggests or my research suggests is that not necessarily. They might have just been the lucky person that society Ended up putting into that position of saying, okay, you're going to be the person who's going to make the decisions, or at least this round.
0: It's a fascinating idea, though. Dan, do you think a lot of this applies in, in your experience in uh, leadership studies?
1: Yes, I think a lot of uh, what David was describing makes perfect sense in terms of uh, how informal leaders emerge, right? There is a lot of chance and settings that create or favor some particular skills or stances or reactions and some people end up in leadership positions just by chance but i think an interesting element to bring here is what happens around the big question of are leaders born or made it's interesting to know that there are some qualities some skills some abilities that some people will have that will position them more likely to take on leadership responsibilities or others to see them as leaders and and i think that's something we have to be careful about in two ways one do we always defer to those people because they have those qualities but that doesn't necessarily mean they are leading us towards the best goals or or objectives and, and the other one is we do need to remember that leaders are made in the sense that everything a leader needs to do Um, can be learned and to me the big feature of leadership the way I define it is facilitation so we might have influencers now on Instagram that emerge as leaders quote-unquote I don't see them as leaders they are just the instruments of marketing propagandas and they're put in a position oh you attract people you attract audience let's make you the big person that doesn't mean they lead to anything necessarily valuable they might in some situation as opposed to leaders that look at what's needed, what do community needs or the organization or the people I'm around, and then they start initiating and and doing things. And of course, it depends if somebody follows because we always need a follower to start creating a trend. And then they become the leaders, not just by luck, but because they decided to focus on something they care about.
0: Let's go to the Instagram element. If we're thinking about influence and this notion of following, and and you're saying that social media, it doesn't, It reflects influence, but not leadership. Social media is really good at quantifying how many people are following you, how many people you're having an impact on. How do we think about leadership in terms of social media? And how does social media change how we think about leadership?
1: Uh, Of course, having a lot of followers, we associate that with leadership. I'll give you an example. Recently, I don't remember the name, but there was a kid that became very popular because he was playing with toys. and, And then toys companies decided to put a lot of investment in him because he got a lot of followers and then you know it's a good way to promote the toys. And the the kid was doing nothing else but playing with the toys and somebody picked up, oh, that's interesting, people like that. Is he a leader? Well, if you define leadership by how many followers he has, and I think he got to millions, yes. But if you find leadership in terms of how I like to think about it, doing what's needed and having an agenda and making a conscious choice of where you're taking people, then he's not a leader. He didn't decide, okay, I'm going to inspire kids to play with these toys because I think that's valuable. No, that's not what he did. So that's where I see the distinction between leaders and influencers in Instagram or whatever social media you want
2: to take. A, a solid distinction between being a leader who has an agenda and takes people or organizations or Or whatever in a particular direction that ends up being good versus pure just influence where influence in what can be seen as as quite subjective in areas where whether people are drinking cabernets or rieslings
0: if you are going to be this uh leader who's trying to give back to the community, you do need people behind you, don't you? So do you think that we look at leadership just through that business perspective of we've got an inbuilt audience and without that audience, you know, how can how can you necessarily lead?
1: Well, you're right there, Toby. And, and uh, you, de- you do need that audience. And that's part of leadership. I'm just saying that's not the essence of it. That will come. And I think another distinction to make here is between the content or what we take people towards of leadership, right? So I might uh, be a leader that takes people towards good objectives or not so good objectives and what's good and not good could be relative depending on who you're looking at uh, we can take the example famous example of trump in the us as the president some people thought he was the best thing ever others thought it's the end of the world what's good and what not good uh, it's it's questionable or debatable or or relative but uh, that's one side of leadership and the other side is technicality of it and that's where i think you get with the followers so a leader to have impact will need to create a critical mass, we need to have some followers, we need to get a coalition to make things happen, whether that's through Instagram or followers on social media, which is very powerful these days, or another way, depending on the situation, that's part of it, but just being a good leader does require that technicality, bring people together, but that's different from whether you are taking people towards something you really want to create, or it just happened that you fell into that position and then you're pushed by the system to take people in a particular direction. And, and, and again, we can debate a lot what's leadership and what's not, but for me, the more interesting thing is how do we get more people to pay attention to what drives their behavior? and make some choices when it comes to it.
0: It does seem like a lot of people do who do have a lot of influence, there's a move away from just the straight commercialism aspects. There's a desire from an audience to see people who have a, d- a degree of authenticity, who seem to have a certain uh, good politics. Do you think that that shows a desire from an audience to have a certain type of, maybe not leadership, but a certain type of influencer to use their influence for causes that they care about for causes that are important to the communities that they live in I think that that's
2: certainly the case I think from the perspective of choosing to pay attention to a particular person then clearly, you're projecting your own preferences over who that person is going to be, especially if you have a, a menu of, of people that you can pay attention to. We can talk about the internet and, and various social media, or you can talk about choosing a, a movie critic. You might have a movie critic that you say, well, this person gives scores that seem to go align with the movies that I like. There's certainly a legitimate process of identifying among all the people who I could choose to pay attention to, to find the person whose eye think speaks to me and then have that person be somebody that I can then focus on and then say, okay, what are they saying? And, you know, and and pay attention to that. You still have the question, I think, of how did somebody get to have that role? And are they uniquely able to hold that position? Or really, is there a, a larger group of people who could have do that role equally well? Uh, We as
1: social beings, we need to identify with others and identify with those that we feel in somehow some way represent us or or achieve things that we would like to achieve and be like them, but we can not so that therefore we get the very famous people being extremely popular people project their identity on them and and you know they're famous and they have a an amazing life and and apparently or at least the way it's shown something that many people would aspire to be and therefore they identify with them and therefore they follow them so so there is an identification process that happens there that's human nature that creates leaders and that creates followers and and to a large extent that's a process that happens without naturally us choosing all the time it's just unconscious right i i like what that person says okay i'm gonna follow them or I like how that person looks and I'd like to look like that. Um, I'm, I'm going to trust what they say. I'm, I'm attached to them. I become part of them.
0: It's, it's those um, parasocial relationships, isn't it? It's that notion that you see something and you're like, oh, I know you. I know a version of your life. It looks like a life that I might want. It looks like something I might do. Therefore, you and I are the same. We're simpatico. Maybe like your life is my life. Uh, Maybe not that far, but um, along those lines. In terms of leadership, though, you know, there's a reason I'm wearing a uh, black turtleneck today. There are certain idiosyncratic behaviors or uh, uh, signifiers that we look to. And for some reason or another, we associate with leadership. It might be more performance than reality. But if we do think about Steve Jobs in the black turtleneck or how Elizabeth Holmes identified and adopted this as her image to invoke that image are there certain cultural images that we associate with leadership and as a result how much of leadership and how we understand leadership comes down to a performative element that we're performing something
2: for this audience i don't know if that question speaks to you the same way it speaks to me. But it speaks to me. It just brings back the idea of the leader is somebody who creates a language that we can all then understand. Once one has the leader position, however they got it, the attribute of being a leader who has influence means that you create a language that everybody now uh, understand and make their own statements within or around. That's one of the roles that a leader has.
1: I, I definitely agree with that, meaning... Language also is a way to communicate your vision, right? Which is a big element of leadership. People follow other people that seem to have some meaning or something that they believe in. That's kind of contagious, again, for, for human beings. But going to your question of certain models that we create about leadership culturally, that's absolutely true. And it has changed over time, I think, a little bit. Uh, again, in Western societies, we have the model of the charismatic person that tends to be seen as leadership, although it's not actually all the time. Then we're moving now because we had examples of a Facebook or a Steve Jobs that became very successful, but they also took this more alternative way of being an executive, right? They wear t-shirts or turtlenecks, or they, they are not conforming to the typical business CEO stereotype. They created a new model of leadership, which quite a few of the, especially younger generation, identify with. And now a lot of the young leaders we see, they adopt that model. Let's be casual. Let's be crazy. Or, or another trend that has been created, which I found fascinating, interesting, and dangerous at the same time, was when suddenly every story of a successful person starts with how they had some major hardship in their lives. They had a major disease or a major accident or something that connects people, right? attracts attention, and oh, I feel sorry for you, or I relate to you because I've been through that, and then they start selling you whatever that's a diet or something else, and and you believe it because you identify with their trauma and their adversity, and that doesn't mean that, again, some of those situations are real experiences, and we do have evidence that hardships does shape leadership, does create leaders, because it changes your perspective on life, But I think it became a bit of a marketing tool, right? Now, almost everyone is looking for a story. Look at TED Talks, look at um, many speeches from from new leaders and successful leaders overnight. They have some dramatic story first, and then they go into what they they want to sell. We need to be careful whether that's becoming the standard, because it does if it's promoted a lot by media and if it's associated with success.
0: Leadership is often packaged as teachable but do you think that leadership is teachable for everybody is it always something where where people can learn how to lead or or is it just again like this this random thing where some people are you know naturally have it and some people don't
1: having been in this business for a long time I would say that's definitely true, Um, and not just because I'm interested in promoting what I'm doing. It it is possible to learn because, again, we also have a lot of research now from neuroscience that tells us about neuroplasticity and how you can rewire your brain depending on what habits you develop. So the key factor that would differentiate is how much they're willing to learn and how willing are they to engage with new behaviors that will make them leaders if they don't have those natural tendencies that are needed for leadership. And the other element that I emphasize a lot in, in my work is the ability of being a so-called incomplete leader, meaning a leader that doesn't have everything that's needed but has the capacity to bring around people that can complement them.
0: When we think about leaders, again, earlier, Dan, you mentioned um, Facebook CEO, we often do think of them as these figures. Why do you think that we look to leaders on that level as opposed to wider society, as opposed to in our social settings, in our own workplaces, in our own families? Why do you think we look externally for leadership
1: well, well, I think that's a lot about has to do a lot with visibility, right? These people are constantly in the news, media discussions, social media, and you keep seeing them, and they have this uh, idealistic kind of portrayal of their life and what they do, and of course, that um, it's no surprise that people will tend to tend to affiliate with them in terms of that need to. Um, dream at least that they they somehow belong to that life um, and therefore they follow them and they pay attention to them. But, and, and in the real life, we see people with their more complete story, right? We see them as being good CEOs or good decision makers, but we also see a lot of flaws that might have and that maybe makes them less of a candidate for being our idols. The good news, however, is over years I've discovered, I tend to ask in my classes, people, you know, who, who are your role models in leadership, and back in time, and especially when I taught in the US, I would always get uh, examples, big executives, or I will get some people from history, Winston Churchill, and so on. Lately, I'm starting to get people to offer examples in their workplace, or in their lives. I have people saying, you know, role model for me in leadership is my father, or my mother, And, and that's wonderful, I think, because that means people start seeing leadership beyond those Stereotypical models that culturally we develop and what media promotes as leadership
2: influence, of course, is self-perpetuating. Once you have influence and you have attention, then naturally you're there for more people to to observe and latch onto. Attention can last for quite a long time until you know maybe interest change or maybe the person does something substantially egregious that the large following turns against them. But it it creates a life in itself, of course, that once one has a following, or, you know, is, is in the spotlight, that it's self-perpetuating.
0: We're drawing to a close, and I've, I've really enjoyed this discussion, but I do want to ask, we have to think about the current context. We're all at home. We're currently in lockdown. It's been a weird 18 months. What do you think the current pandemic situation has uncovered or, or instead of uncovered, maybe emphasised about how both of you consider leadership and influence?
2: I think, especially in political processes that... Um, Leaders are not necessarily right, so it's really important for a party to have um, to have to speak with a single voice, and so uh, and so it can be really important that um, that a party coalesces behind an individual as a leader, whether or not they necessarily think that that internally necessarily think that that person is necessarily the best leader within the party. But once uh, once a, a groundswell comes behind a particular person. And says, you know, especially in like in American politics where a president gets elected directly by the people. And then uh, and so uh, you know, Trump can be one example, but I can also think back further to, you know, to to um, to to Bush and and, you know, that maybe or maybe not. He was actually the best Republican at the time. But once the once there was a sense that, well, he's the forerunner of the party. Well, then the party's going to coalesce and it doesn't. It becomes less important, and I think in many normal times, it's not so important. It can be less important who specifically is the, you know, is the leader until times of crisis, and then they're really pressed for making important decisions. And so it can be, especially in politics, I think many in in normal times, you can just have a figurehead and the whole party can make decisions and sort of plot along and do whatever it's going to do and the figurehead is gonna be there to sort of uh, attract attention and, and be the mouthpiece, but they don't actually have to make good decisions until crisis. And then when crisis comes about, that's when they're really tested and you actually see whether they can make good decisions or not. And often we, we can find that ourselves somewhat disappointed by our, uh, the person who's our leader and, and their decision-making abilities, or sometimes they stand out as particularly good and unexpectedly good in unexpected ways.
1: I, I I'm I'm thinking a lot about that, Toby, lately, and and I think, to me, the the two features that stand out based on what happened recently is one, the the pandemic did put a spotlight on leadership and how important it is because leaders did have to make some decisions; they had to come up with. Um, ideas and solutions and measures and and whether they got it right or wrong of course that would uh, vary from person to person and perspective to perspective but there is much more attention to what leaders do and especially if we think Australia you know many Australians I found surprising to be kind of I don't care what happens in 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 political space but now suddenly they do because it affects their lives directly so so there is a emphasis now on how important leadership is And I think the pandemic also exposed competent and less competent leadership. And of course, we have a lot of issue in this space and lots to learn still because there are so many opinions and and versions on what's right and what's not right. Do we have lockdowns? Do we not? Do we vaccinate or not? Or how long it's on? But there are some features that start showing and and we see shortcomings of many leaders that otherwise we thought they're fantastic. What's needed now is not different from any other situation of leadership good facilitation, good sense-making of what's happening first to, to come up with best ideas for solutions and then involving as many people as possible to create a range of options and choose the best one as much as we can.
0: That's all for today's panel. Thank you to my guests, Dan Capra and David Goldbaum. You can catch the full show online, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends or leave a review. I'm your host, Toby Hemmings. Stay safe, and I'll catch you back here next week.